part one chapters nine and ten of perkins the faker a travesty on reincarnation by edward s van zyle this librivox recording is in the public domain when reginald was caroline chapter nine afternoon callers still in dreams it comes upon me that i once on wings did soar but or ere my flight commences this my dream must all be o'er from the persian as i look back upon it now that afternoon wears the aspect of a variegated nightmare from which i could not awaken what will madame wear this afternoon suzanne had asked me when i returned to my apartments above stairs i kicked viciously at the empty air with one of caroline's dainty feet the time had come evidently for suzanne to change my costume again should i take a ride or a walk or remain at home if i went for a ride i should have only my own bitter thoughts for company if i took a stroll up the avenue almost anything unpleasant might happen to me if i stayed in the house i must receive callers no one of these alternatives was alluring but i was forced to choose the latter for a number of rather vague reasons i did not dare to cut off my line of communication with caroline she had become as it were a flying column not yet out of touch with headquarters and she ought to be shot for disobedience to orders i mused aloud pardon me madame exclaimed suzanne interrogatively n'importe girl i answered testily i shall remain at home suzanne give orders downstairs that i have a headache and can receive no one but madame is looking so much better protested suzanne and the debutantes will call to-day it is madame's afternoon well do your worst then i grumbled discontentedly can you get me some clothes suzanne an hour later i entered the drawing-room after a perilous descent from the second story to confront three young women who i had gathered from suzanne held caroline in high esteem as a chaperone i had committed their names to memory before leaving the dressing-room but the effort to get downstairs without spraining my wife's ankles had obliterated from my mind all traces of its recent acquisition i stood flushing painfully gazing into the smiling faces of three handsome modish girls who were wholly strangers to their vicarious hostess oh mrs stevens what a charming day how lovely you are looking wasn't the crompton dance perfectly stunning mr van tromp made such a pretty epigram about your costume just a moment uh girls i gasped seating myself awkwardly and inclined to lose my temper there's a painful lack of method about all this suppose we begin at the beginning you were saying ah uh, my dear i remarked to the calmest of the trio the latter exchanged puzzled glances with her companions i was speaking of the compliment that mr van tromp paid to you explained the maiden rather dolefully he's a bad lot that young van tromp i exclaimed impulsively perhaps i ought not to talk against another man uh, behind her i mean his back but van romeo's too easy girls he writes poetry i have no doubt that he makes puns charming odd day isn't it my beautiful callers had lost their vivacity one of them a pretty little brunette had grown pale what about the coaching party mrs stevens the one i took to be the eldest of the three ventured to ask presently it's all arranged uh, my dear i answered recklessly we're to have a dozen cases of champagne and a brass band of ten pieces 
i'm up for all day you see if little van tromp praised my executive ability ah girls he'd have a career open to him merrily we'll bowl along bowl along i'm to handle the reins you know there were now three pallid maidens confronting me in the eyes of the eldest i saw a gleam of mingled suspicion and fear i must be going she gasped don't go i implored her overacting my hospitable role a bit there flashed through my mind a scene from a gilbert sullivan opera the mikado and i caught myself humming the air of three little girls from school are we jones to my consternation stalked into the drawing-room as if about to reprove me for my lack of dignity pardon me madame said my bete noire pompously but mr stevens insists upon your coming to the telephone my callers were on their feet instantly they appeared to be glad of an excuse for leaving me and also somewhat astonished at the butler's choice of words don't let us keep you a moment cried the eldest remember me to mr stevens urged the little brunette mischievously good-bye we are so grateful to you mrs stevens exclaimed the third with a sigh of relief be good i answered gaily come again uh, young ladies don't mind jones you'll get used to him look in next month won't you ta-ta i stumbled over my skirts as i stepped forward and the little flock of debutantes hurried away in a fright glancing over their shoulders at me in a manner that suggested gossip to come hello i shouted through the phone when i had managed to reach the library is that you uh reginald where are you yes this is reginald i heard my voice in answer i'm at the varsity club charming place nice boys here you seem to be popular my dear here's to you good as you are and here's to me bad as i am but as good as you are and as bad as i am i'm as good as you are bad as i am good lord ah uh, ah uh, reginald i faltered horror-stricken don't worry caroline came my voice soothingly it's all right i know when to stop had any callers this is your day at home is it not i'll send the coupe for you at once uh reginald i said with great presence of mind go easy till it arrives will you what do you mean to imply caroline growled my wife a note of anger in my voice i'm going to walk home by and by you needn't bother about the coupe i hear the boys calling to me here's to you my dear good-bye before i could utter another word caroline had cut me off and i turned from the phone despondently for a moment it seemed to me that the library was surrounded by an iron grating and that i wore a ball and chain attached to my legs caroline and the old crowd i am forced to confess that the hot tears came into my wife's eyes as i seated myself in a reading-chair and found myself face to face with a loneliness that was provocative of despair jones was hot on the scent he strode into the library and bore down upon me relentlessly carrying a tray upon which rested two calling-cards they are in the drawing-room madame said the butler indifferently caroline's toast came ringing to my ears here's to you good as you are and here's to me bad as i am and here i sat bullied by jones and the plaything of a lot of light-headed women of all ages 
for one wild feverish moment the thought of revolt darted through my mind i might faint or have a fit and jones would be forced to dismiss my callers but i quickly realized that i was not up to a brilliant histrionic effort even as it was i was playing another's role with but indifferent success two elderly women richly garbed arose as i re-entered the drawing-room i'm so glad to see you ah uh, my dears i said in a voice pitched to indicate cordiality one of my callers tossed her head haughtily while the prim mouth of her companion fell open this was not encouraging and i remained silent we stared at each other for a long agonizing moment how do you do i began again with much less assurance go away little girls kept running through my mind from that diabolical tinkling mikado we are very well i believe remarked mrs martin as she proved to be coldly i think i may answer for mrs smythe's health i am in perfect health exclaimed mrs smythe with emphasis staring at me in a superior kind of way there's nothing like perfect health uh, my friends i said in a high almost hysterical falsetto who is it who says that a man is as old as he feels and a woman as old as she looks whoever said it mrs stevens did us a great injustice commented mrs martin with some warmth i am as young in spirit as i was ten years ago but i don't look it no you don't look it i hastened to remark cordially but my comment was not well received mrs martin glanced at mrs smythe and they stood erect on the instant you're not going uh, my dears i cried thinking it too good to be true you will pardon the liberty that i am about to take mrs stevens began mrs martin sternly but it seems only fair to you that we should ask a question before leaving you you are out of sorts to-day not quite yourself are you not quite i answered drawing myself up to caroline's full height and struggling against an inclination to give vent to wild feverish laughter i may say mrs ah my dear that i'm not quite myself not quite it'll pass off i have every reason to believe it'll pass off but you're right i'm not quite myself my frankness which appalled me as i thought of it afterwards seemed to have a soothing effect upon my callers you really do too much mrs stevens remarked mrs smythe in a motherly way you should try to get a nap at once your nerves are affected mrs martin added speaking gently you are overdoing things did you ever try the rest cure yes i've been giving it a chance to-day i confessed but it doesn't work i can't sleep in the daytime bear that in mind ah uh, my dear don't talk to me about a nap as i said to caroline ah uh, reginald i'm up for all day but you know what nerves are do you not mrs martin again glanced furtively at mrs smythe and without more ado they swept out of the drawing-room i dropped into a chair a feeling of relief mingled with self-disgust sweeping over me i realized that i had been making a sad botch of the part that i had attempted to play at that moment heavy footsteps behind me aroused me from my black and white reverie two large hot hands were placed over my eyes and the end of a beard tickled caroline's forehead guess who it is i heard my deep voice saying here's to you good as you are caroline i exclaimed conflicting emotions agitating my soul 
guess again little woman said my wife playfully in my voice they call me reggie at the club chapter x recriminations we know these things are so we ask not why but act and follow as the dream goes on milnes yes i've had a simply perfect day my dear remarked caroline frankly as we left the library to ascend to our second-story suite i've made twenty thousand dollars by not taking your advice and as to the old crowd at the varsity club i think they're really charming i've been doing a good deal of miscellaneous thinking my dear and i'm convinced that women have a great future before them what women i cried impatiently as i tripped against the top stair and caught my better half by the tail of my coat you'll do better with practice remarked caroline soothingly i'm sure you enjoyed the day who has been here that'll keep i answered resisting an inclination to tweak my own nose where's jenkins caroline indulged in a hoarse chuckle jenkins has gone to hoboken he won't be back for at least a month i think i can get on without a man how's suzanne we had come to a standstill in the upper hall just outside of the main door to our private rooms how you'll manage to dress for dinner i asked gazing at my flushed triumphant face with sharply contrasted emotions i was glad to see it again but i did not like caroline's way of using it i'm very quick to learn answered my voice tauntingly you must admit my dear that i've been a success to-day you don't think that i'm to be overcome by a man's dinner costume a chill ran through me and caroline's voice trembled as i said what do you uh think i'd better wear to-night suzanne'll ask me presently a jovial laugh greeted my words the humorous side of our horrible plight seemed to be always apparent to caroline you must be sure to do me credit my dear boy said my wife gruffly you've glanced over my wardrobe have you not the hot blood came into my adopted cheeks at the suggestion i-i've been too uh busy to look into the uh, matter i faltered damn it caroline don't be so confoundedly superior i'm crushed and discouraged that's straight give me a word of advice will you what shall i wear to-night i don't want to make a fool of myself before suzanne poor suzanne growled caroline somewhat irrelevantly i thought she must have had a day of it tell her you'll wear the dress i wore at the leonards dinner party last week you needn't say much about my hair suzanne'll know what to do with it her hand or rather mine was on the knob of the door when a hideous and persistent horror that had haunted me for some time forced me to say in caroline's most insistent treble why oh why did you allow edgerton to ask that infernal yamama to come here to-night it was madness caroline call me reginald interposed my wife coolly it was madness i say ah reginald it was that or worse my heart beat fast in caroline's bosom what do you mean asked my wife thrusting my face forward and transfixing me with my own eyes you've enjoyed the day haven't you i asked my temper overcoming my prudence well i haven't i've been driven nearly crazy by a lot of fool women while you've had the time of your life i don't follow you remarked my wife severely 
that's just it i cried angrily you lead me and i'm forced to follow you i tell you frankly that i've grown suspicious you've been studying oriental mysticism you've been to lectures and seances and for all i know you may be a favourite pupil of this chocolate drop yamama my wife drew herself up to my full height and gazed down at me freezingly you mean to imply mrs stevens she remarked with studied coldness that i was deliberately responsible for what happened this morning or last night don't dare to call me mrs stevens caroline i whispered shaking with futile rage if i have suspected you have i not had sufficient circumstantial evidence mrs taunton tells me that this rascally faker yamama turns people into pigs frogs any old thing and you've allowed edgerton to bring him here to-night i don't believe that you have the slightest desire to uh, change back again my wife laughed aloud in my most disagreeable manner here's to you good as you are and here's to me bad as i am she cried with most untimely geniality and without more ado threw open the door to our apartments in the centre of the room stood suzanne pale but self-contained awaiting my advent for a moment a mad project tempted me if i rushed downstairs and had a fit in the lower hall i might escape many of the horrors that the evening threatened to bring with it but if i took this heroic course a doctor would be called in on the whole i preferred suzanne to a physician i realize clearly enough that i lack the ability to keep or reject data with the unerring judgment of the professional storyteller i should like to give to my testimony a somewhat artistic structure but i am hampered in this inclination by the necessity of following the actual sequence of events being neither a novelist nor a scientist i am in danger of making an amorphous presentment of facts that shall fail either to convince the psychologist or entertain the idle reader of an empty tale on the whole i am prone to make sacrifices in behalf of the latter my natural inclination is toward art rather than toward science and for this reason i shall remain silent regarding the petty episodes of the hour that followed my talk with caroline as it is my narrative is overweighted with what may be called details of the toilet at half after six my wife and i entered our drawing-room under a flag of truce the annoyances that had hampered caroline's unaided efforts to don my evening clothes had had a beneficial effect upon her exultant overbearing tendencies she was subdued in manner to the verge of gloom why are you so downhearted my dear i asked don't you like uh, my appearance which appearance growled caroline glaring at me are the studs in the right place of course they are i answered cheerfully i never looked better i'm sure i congratulate you and suzanne tells me that this costume is very becoming to you the one i have on i mean have you noticed caroline what an infernal nuisance pronouns have become i'm glad our nouns have no gender what did you say to young van tromp at the cromptons dance my beard seemed to fairly bristle with caroline's anger and astonishment van tromp she exclaimed in a surly basso what has he been doing now horrid little thing he's not one of the boys is he my dear i had seated myself with some difficulty annoyed at suzanne for lacing caroline so tightly but rather pleased inwardly at my feminine beauty and parisian costume 
caroline stood not far away six feet tall broad-shouldered a manly figure in black and white van tromp i remarked in the soft musical tones that had at last reconciled me to my borrowed voice van tromp is a wandering minstrel a troubadour out of his time an age and romeo who haunts juliet's balcony at all hours of the day and night playing a hurdy-gurdy and reciting his own rhymes van tromp is the one bright gleam in a black and starless night he would atone for a dreary day were not yamama coming too i don't understand you caroline growled my wife shifting my feet uneasily you haven't told me what van tromp said to you at the cromptons dance i said relentlessly i'll return to the subject later on now tell me uh reginald what you know about yamama you intimated unless i am mistaken that my suspicions as to your collusion with this oriental faker were unfounded unfounded exclaimed my wife scornfully absurd ridiculous do you imagine that i would choose this clumsy body of yours in preference to mine look at me and then glance at the mirror my dear i'll admit that i've had a very enjoyable day but i assure you i know little more about yamama than you do i am very nervous about him i don't know what he'll do to us but i have a horrible fear that he will read our secret at a glance if he does uh, caroline i cried excitedly slug him never mind about hospitality hit him a crack on the nose you can apologize to edgerton afterward that's just like a man grumbled caroline you think you can defeat esoteric buddhism with your fists i'm rather ashamed of you my dear i felt the blood coming into caroline's cheeks it won't do of course i murmured presently we must use diplomacy not force in dealing with this oriental nuisance perhaps yamama will find little van tromp sufficiently amusing to enable us to escape detection i'm inclined to think that van tromp is the outward and visible sign of a love-sick tadpole his sister the debutante is not so bad i suppose she'll fall to edgerton at dinner we must have a rehearsal you and i remarked caroline gruffly i escort mrs edgerton of course and you'll take van tromp's arm you'll like that do you see these violets ah uh, uh, reginald i cried dramatically making a gesture toward van tromp's floral offering now bedecking my corsage he sent them to you what was van romeo's little game you were to wear the violets to-night if you really meant what you said to him at the cromptons dance as you always mean what you say my dear i have hung out the sign of your uh, veracity so to speak there's more to come of course there's a poem for one thing i'll read it aloud when we get our coffee i saw that my heavy face was flushed and that my eyes glowed with anger as i glanced upward at my wife she strode toward me menacingly and laid a heavy hand upon her bare shoulder seizing van tromp's violets before i could recover from my astonishment she tore them from their fastenings and hurled them toward a remote corner of the drawing-room you carry a joke too far she growled menacingly if you dare to read that poem i'll i'll tell yamama the whole story when he comes i know what to say to him and he'll do what i ask him to do i give you fair warning i fell back in my chair cold and disheartened my worst suspicions seemed to be confirmed 
caroline was in league as i had feared with that sunburnt faker from the far east at that moment jones entered the room mr and mrs edgerton he announced and an instant later miss van tromp mr van tromp end of part one chapters nine and ten